Hey everyone, welcome to Horror Haven Podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm Sierra. And this episode was recorded about a month ago um, from the date that we're posting it. We have been terribly good at procrastinating. As usual. So um, in this episode, we take a look back at the 2010s, um, just talk about different trends and stuff, Nicolas Cage, um, found footage, just you know, random shit. Uh, we had Colin Jordan on the Peele. show. Yeah, Jordan Peele. Um, we had Colin on the show, um, good friend of ours. Hopefully we'll be on some more episodes soon if he doesn't hate us for being the worst people ever and <laughs> taking forever to get around to posting this. He also did get his VHS. He did get the VHS of Never Hike Alone, so when you get to that you'll segment, you'll know what we're talking about. But, um, yeah, so we do have a couple more episodes that we recorded, I think, honestly, like, back in August. Yes. That I'll probably get around to editing and posting soon, and we will get back to recording new content for you guys. Um, there are some points that we bring up in this episode that... There's more that we have to say about it. So some of the things that we talk about in this, like for example, we have a, a big talk about crowdfunding. Um, more stuff has happened with crowdfunding since this conversation. There will be updates. Yeah, so we will have more segments on that in future episodes. So look out for that. Um, we had a lot of fun with this episode. We didn't really have like a, you know, a structure, structure to it whatsoever. It was really just conversation where we. Talked about things that stood out to us from the decade. So, that being said, I'm going to shut up now. Enjoy the episode. Thank you guys for tuning in because we've been very terrible at keeping up with all of this. So, if you're listening to this, that means you might still like us a little bit. And also, all our old episodes are back up on SoundCloud. So, you're welcome. Yeah, just... Unfortunately. Don't go... The farther back you go, the worse the episodes get. So, be warned of that. Listen to the Witches episode. Yeah, episode 15. Check it out. going to talk about highlights and stuff that we thought stood out through the decade and where we think horror is at do you do you think horror is dead i guess do are you asking us this sure yeah (laughs) yeah fuck horror it's dead it's all about (laughs) (laughs) rom-coms no for real i'm curious because no it's it's in such a weird spot no i think horror is in a really good spot actually personally i think that um i think that more more indie horror is becoming mm. not I don't want to say it's becoming mainstream because it's still not mainstream but I think that it's becoming more popular and I think that that's good because the 
the best movies that I've seen in the last like three or four years have been independently made horror films. It hasn't been what's been going to theaters. And I'm really hoping that that trend continues because uh, that's what it, where I want to see horror at. I don't want to see these like paranormal universes. I don't want to see any more fucking Conjuring movies. I don't <laughs> want to see remakes of The Grudge. I want to see these new ideas coming up from people that are have that are working really hard towards something that's different and unique, and, and I think that's important to to be looking towards that. And I I see I feel like that's where it's going. So I'll agree with that real hard, but I'll disagree with the Conjuring thing because I don't care how bad those not the whole franchise now, but the Conjuring proper. I don't know what it is about those movies. But I fucking love them, and I'll like. I just think they're really. I think it's the Warrens. I love both of those actors so much. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think that's got to be what it is. Because... I like The Conjuring. My issue with The Conjuring is like how many movies they attach to it. That's like their whole universe. Yeah, it's just too much. No, I didn't like any of that shit. No, yeah, I, I like the first Conjuring the... a lot. Yeah, dude, that was really great. I'm excited um, about the third one, Michael. It's Michael Chavez is directing the third one, and um, he directed The Curse of La Llorona, which... I actually was... have not seen it. I haven't seen it, but I've heard not good things about it, but I know that they released it, and, like, right after releasing it, they kind of just slapped on, like, oh, by the way, this is in the Conjuring universe. <laughs> that's, that's what it was. We asked him about that. We got to interview that guy at South mm-hmm. By, and uh, he was... So he's fucking awesome, by the way. That guy was really cool, and he gave me a lot of insight into filmmaking, and um, I don't know, just all these tips and stuff of starting out as a director, and he was just, like, I got a really high opinion of the guy because of the conversation we had. Mm-hmm. Um, but the feeling I got was that that movie was a studio, uh, studio film that they just hired him to direct. That was his first feature, and um, you can see a lot of... He, he did this really cool short... And I can't for the life of me remember the name of it. It's about a realtor trying to sell a haunted house, basically. It's really cool. Um, You can see a lot of the same things from that short in the movie. So basically somebody saw his short, liked it, and was like, hey, we want you to do that shit with this content. Um, And yeah, you're absolutely right. Like It was just a weird ghost movie that they packaged under the Conjuring universe. (laughs) I I think that, too, is a big thing that... I've noticed over the last decade is, uh, and I, I was going to get into it a little, bit, a little bit later, but fuck it, I'll, I mean, we don't have to talk Let's about any specific order. Let's just jump into it. Yeah. Um, this episode up, man. <laughs> uh, no, you're good. Um, like, like I said, I didn't have any, like, structure to this. It was just kind of... Um, just go. I made a list of movies, like, in, and it's in order of, like, when they came out. But um, you, you have over the last, like few years and a lot of people have been complaining about it too are these like very generic cheaply made very quickly made pg-13 horror movies yeah that are just mass produced and shot out to get money for do you the want to name office. a few um i, I just want to see how quick you can spurt them out no i see, didn't even write see, well, no i didn't <laughs> even write like most of them i didn't even write down because i wrote down movies that were uh like stood out to me and none okay, of these okay. movies stood out to me but um i mean perfect example uh they just made black christmas and i have not seen it 
but I know that from the trailers and from what people are saying, it has absolutely nothing to do with the original movie. And it just seems like something... Or the, and, or and, the original remake of the original yeah, movie. <laughs> and it, I, I think Blumhouse is a huge Blum, factor yeah. in this, too. Um, they are the factor they, They're in just this. gathering every IP that they can get yeah. and just making something cheap and quick. Because that movie, I almost wonder... To me, it strikes me as something that wasn't made to be Black Christmas, and they just put the name on it because they had the rights to the name, and it was a Christmas horror movie. It's happened in the past. Um, I almost wonder if it would have gotten as bad a criticism if they had just given it its own title, made it its own Christmas horror movie. Well, I think, though, when you take, in general, um, when you take a movie's title and just slap it on there, you're going to get criticism because it doesn't make sense. Like, don't just don't do that for money. It's just dumb. People are going to be more angry at you than anything else. I'm, trying, I'm looking right now to see that it did um, 8.1 mil uh, in U.S. and Canada on opening weekend. No, no, no. It grossed 10.1 million in the United States and Canada, and then another 8 million um, additionally from international well other international places so they it cleared 18.2 million um as of january 1st and do you know what the budget was for it i'm on it yeah Our i mean handy dandy colon <laughs> so that's got to be the thing though is that you're constantly turning a profit in which i know blumhouse is all about making quality shit but they're also all about making money too yeah uh, budget was five million so yeah fucking... so they made money on it and that's the thing yeah. is um and when it's in title like that too i i watched an interview um it was when we were doing the halloween episode the rob zombie one and somebody had asked john carpenter what he thought about all these remakes coming out and he raised this really good point um that when you remake a movie that is known you don't have to spend as much to advertise it yeah. because it's a known name and that's what all these companies are doing and that's why remakes have been i i honestly would dub the 2010s as like the decade of remakes and reboots 100 yes. um, percent. and it's because when you get these movies that are their own original ideas they're either being released by an indie company because they can't get studio backing or they flop because nobody knows, what, knows what it is they just say okay well i'll just wait for it to come out i'm not gonna risk it where if you have somebody like oh michael myers is gonna be in this movie and you can think oh okay i love michael myers i'll go watch the movie i've seen every yeah. michael myers movie what's one more of the same movie exactly and it made that's, a lot of sense that's what that kind of pisses me off more than um probably well more than it should and more than anything else in on the topic of reboots and remakes is that a lot of people will watch it just because it's Michael Myers or like Jason and they have no idea that it even is a reboot or you know they just think it's just like another one because yeah, there's yeah. so fucking many of them yeah and it drives me crazy I'm like how do you not know this is something different this is completely different that, don't fuck up my childhood man this is something else and they just oh that was a new Michael movie god damn it although I dug the the new one did you guys like the new yeah i did like the new the newer halloween movie i i did i i know that it did get a lot of shit and i, I don't think it was a perfect movie no, movie but it was definitely fun i mean like and and i think though too is when you're going into remakes as well 
I think that every time I hear that there's another remake, like, I'm like, ugh, okay. But, like, if you're willing to go and watch them, just kind of try and have fun with it and not, like, compare it to the original because it's not the original. It's not going to be the same. It's not going to be as good, probably. Just try and enjoy it for whatever it is. If you want to, don't just go to complain. I think that that's a waste of time. I I think I've learned to go in with an open mind with stuff like that because I've kind of accepted that it's not going to be as good. You have to think, too, we are also on top of reboots and remakes and all that. We also are are in an era of a very new thing, which is the fan films. Yeah. So, I mean, Never Hike Alone was excellent. Mm -hmm. And... He, well, that's though, they have sparked a whole big thing of making fan films of specifically Friday the 13th where people want to just copy that idea a million times. Well, that's the thing, too, and that kind of adds to the whole remake thing is the, there's a lot of people making these fan films now, and I, I don't want to generalize this. But I kind of get this sense that people are using the name to raise the money. Yes. And it's it's the same thing that studios are doing where they're taking a familiar uh, name. Yeah. Because I I won't get into it, but there are a there are there's one specifically, but there are Friday the thirteenth fan films that I've like I, I follow all this stuff as it gets posted and they raise thousands and thousands of dollars, and, and it's people that have not anything. produced a single movie. And it's been years. And it's just like, like and, and it's like, one, and I won't say what it was either, but there was one that was pretty fucking bad, and it got a lot of praise. Not Never Hike Alone. I'll say that that movie's fucking. No, they, we love them. <laughs> we would uh, never bash Never Hike Alone ever. Yeah, it's solid. It should be canonical it's really great and i'm I, looking I forward it, to yeah. all the other ones that they make as well do what i'm looking forward to all the other ones that they're putting oh, out as well yeah never hiking the snow is gonna kill I'm, oh i'm, I'm so excited yeah but it, it's I'm, the thing is so you get these people like i i feel personally that i could post an indiegogo right now for a friday the 13th movie make up some bullshit thing about like oh jason's gonna kill these people this is what my movie's about and raise thousands of dollars without ever putting out a video in my life because people want to see yeah. friday the 13th yeah and i think i think that fan films there is a reward and a risk to them because i think that knowing that somebody who is also a fan of the series is making a film you know that they're going to do their best to deliver hence never hike alone mm-hmm. they the maker of that movie was literally a huge fan and he delivered for fans. That was mm-hmm. his purpose and he did well. Um, but then you have the other hand that like they're fans of the movie and they want the attention that that's going to get them. It's not about putting out good quality. It's not about making even making a movie at all. You know what I mean? It's just having part of that name, I think, well, I think I think too is there's a big part of um, getting that attention and getting that buzz to where you make a Friday the Thirteenth fan film and it's your first film and now you're known as oh the, that guy made the Friday the Thirteenth fan film and you have buzz to make a movie that's your own idea and people will know which is what I would love to see from um, Vincent Vincent yeah, yeah I'd love to see what he does outside of Never Hike Alone. Mm. I want to see more Never Hike Alone, too. But I want to see what else he does. There's, like... It's going to be... 
I, I think this has already been released, so I don't think I'm spoiling anything. Um, but he told me it's going to be like a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, they posted it in the next Indiegogo. They're going to do. Um, and yes, we never hike. The VHS. <laughs> um, um, they're doing Never Hike in the Snow, and then um, they're doing I think three sequels. Yeah. To Never Hike Alone. It was so good. Though. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I'm not even a huge Friday Thirteenth fan, and I loved Never Hike Alone. It was so enjoyable. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think that we will start to see um, more of that. Of, and I think it all ties together. I mean, we're talking about these studios that are just pumping out these generic shitty movies to get money. People are getting pissed off about that, so they're turning to the indie circuit because you can find... It, oh, you want a gory movie? Well, this person is going to make a gory movie. You can this is help them produce out. that. This is my yeah. shout out right now. Somebody make me a fan film of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's good because that, it needs some peace in its life, please. Man, I can't believe you said that. I uh, So um, this is not anything that we'll probably get to do anytime soon. But that was one of my uh, top picks. And I think your name either came up or at least crossed my mind. I was like, you know who would fucking dig this? And nobody knew what I was talking about. I would, I would cry happy tears if you did that. Yeah, and I, and I would I, praise you to all hell. Like I'd be I, like, ah, oh, Colin, God among men. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do a shitty job, and so I felt like I needed a little bit more experience. Like I feel like if you have yeah, a yeah, if you did a shitty job, I would never let you live it down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be real. I'd be very disappointed. Well, so it came up a long time ago. Um, we had a conversation about doing when, like around here, about what we were gonna do next. And a Friday the 13th fan film, like, that was one of the things getting kicked around. And I talked to Vincente, and he said, he's like, dude, yeah, I would totally come down and reprise Jason. It wouldn't be Ghost Jason, but he would be a different Jason. And I was like, well, fuck, like, yeah, we got to do that. But then it got to be this whole thing, like, we probably, we may get a good budget, but it would be one of those things where you crowdfund some shit, and just like you said, Dylan, that you're getting all that based on a name, mm-hmm. and being like, well, Vincente DeSanti's in this, and it's Friday the 13th, and, like, then we fuck it up, you know, like, yeah, it was yeah. just a, a big thing that, it feels like that's a huge commitment to take on a property like that and do justice to it. If I had more time, I'd be oh, all yeah, for it. Oh, yeah, it would make me a nervous wreck, man. I, I, yeah. I would be having anxiety attacks daily. I mean, even outside of uh, fan films, though, just, like, the crowdfunding for, uh, you know, indie movies. And I think I, I think that crowdfunding – I'm going to go ahead and put this out there. I think that crowdfunding is great I do. if handled by the right people. Yeah. Um, you have to have I, I mean I see it a lot and I don't I'm not gonna throw any names out obviously I appreciate the commitment that people have and like the passion that they have to create movies but we've gotten messages like through the horror Raven page and stuff like All that the time yeah of people that are like I'm gonna make this movie can you shout out my indieGogo or my Kickstarter or whatever and we're like and they have, see they have so that we can like they have nothing like absolutely nothing they're like all I have is a script made I need ten thousand dollars. Yeah, and it's like you, you gotta have more backing on that. I mean, and I'm not even gonna say like, I mean, you guys made Campfire, and it was the first thing you guys made, mm-hmm. and it was great. Um, we interviewed a guy. We became really good friends with him too. Um, 
Tom Nagovin. He made, I love Tom. Uh, he made a, a movie. Aurora. And it was, yeah, it was his first film, and it was Aurora, and it was a black and white creature film. If you haven't seen that, Cole, check it the fuck uh, out. It is wild. Send me links. Yes. I, I will try. I don't know that it's released anywhere. But they did like we a have it on release. Blu-ray. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that's cool. But uh, it was his first time. But he had like when he messaged us, he's like, "I have all of this set up." Like, we we actually asked him like if he wanted to be on the show. He wasn't asking to be on the show or anything. But it it's not a first time thing. It's having the drive to finish it, and yeah. I think that that's a huge risk that people take when they're donating. Or backing. Well, I think though the thing is, is that honestly, I think that the so it should be more of like a buyer's beware thing. I think that when you are doing, I think we as horror fans, as a whole, appreciate independent horror films. I don't want to speak for anyone, but I feel like that we do because it is you typically get unique different ideas and that is the best way to see those movies is going that route and we always want to support independent horror artists whether it's movie makers authors whatever it is so if there's ways that we can help fund those things we want to be a part of that you know or even if it's promoting it whatever the thing is is i think as on the on the other end of it is that you have to know who you are donating money to mm-hmm. you know what i mean because you're you're making a risk that you may be throwing money at people that aren't going to follow through with what they say they're going to follow through for and i think that that's a risk that i see it out there a lot of people that have been promising stuff and nothing has been yeah put out i mean there for there, real. there's a fan film i think i've told you about about it colin but i i've been following it for years now it's going on three years and they've had three I'm, I'm not going to name drop or anything on the show, but they've had three crowdfunding campaigns and they've raised, I, I think if this one reaches what it's supposed to reach altogether total, it's around $35,000. Jesus. And they, for three years now, they'll make a, a campaign, they'll get thousands of dollars and for months they'll just be like, yeah, we're, we're finishing up the movie. And then and they'll put a release date out and then the release date will come and they'll be like, oh, it's going to be a couple more months. But what what amazes me about it and the reason that I've been still following it, because there's been times where I'm like, all right, this is stupid. Like it, I'm not gaining anything from following along with this is that people are still like, I'm so hyped for this. This is going to be amazing. And it's like, it's been three years and you like... There are people that donated three years ago and has still got nothing. Yeah. yeah. And it just, it amazes me. And it it's almost taking advantage, I think, of, well, of fans of that too, property. Well, it it puts a bad taste in people's mouth on crowdfunding. And crowdfunding is yeah. an amazing thing to have for horror fans to support the movies they want to see made. Well, again, I think... Or it's, fans in general. I think it's taking advantage of fans of that property. Because yeah, had somebody awesome. say, I'm making this movie and it's my own original idea and you know this is what i'm gonna make and you raise that much money and you don't produce anything for years you're gonna have a lot of shit but because well, yeah, and the, the hype that's gonna be built up when that shit finally comes out you're never gonna live up to that mm-hmm. the expectation exactly. is exactly. that's why there's good and bad to crowdfunding and i think i i love it i love it if it's being used 
properly. Properly, and people are following. I don't through. even want to say properly. I think that you should go in with a conscience and make sure that you actually intend to do the things that you're telling people you're going to do. And do your research. I mean, don't come up with this budget and put on there like $15 Blu-rays, and then you're not raising money to make your movie because yeah. that money's going towards Blu-ray production, or you're not. You make you use the money, you make the movie, and then shit. I yeah, don't have I the money. Like to, I don't have the money to make the Blu-rays. Blu-rays for a movie, it should be made. Yeah. Um, but maybe uh, not. Maybe I don't know. I've never made a movie. But maybe my, it's my the Blu-rays first. My my final say with it is, you know, I will support indie movies. I will support crowdfunding. I want to see, you know, the underdogs get a chance to make movies because. Like Sierra said before, some of the best stuff that I've seen is indie stuff. And some if you're of the putting best, all of the best, and stuff if you're is putting if you're putting like your heart and soul into it, I mean, we've watched indie movies like nobody specifically that's reached out to us or anything, but just you know that we've put indie movies on, and you see the passion behind it, and it might not be great because it doesn't have the budget, but you see the passion that the people had, and you you appreciate it and you respect it, and I think it's great, and I want to see more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I um, so I, I I am all for it, but for many of those same reasons, I think it's uh, I think people start out with the best of intentions, and they get it. It is a really nice tool to get budgets, but I think a lot of people making a movie for the first time, you have no fucking idea how hard it is to make a movie. Yeah, and so you get bogged. And you know down. that firsthand. Yeah, I mean, we did the same thing. Luckily, I mean, we didn't crowdfund. That's the main reason we didn't crowdfund anything. And we talked about that, and I think I talked about it with Skylar, because realistically, we could have shot a video with Skylar and said we're making a movie, and I'm sure he as Legend fans would have given us money, you know? Oh, yeah, but for sure. it was the first fucking thing that I was directing, and, I, like, I, that felt cheap to me, and I didn't want to do that. <laughs> And so we, we, you know, we got the budget ourselves or whatever. And like my friend Brian in Alaska was our, I guess, executive producer. He's a motherfucker that gave me the money. So whatever he is, yeah, <laughs> financial guy. And uh, so luckily we, you know, we did all right with that. But um, still, it went fast, you know, mm-hmm. and like have half the shit that we needed because there's a lot of things you can't anticipate until you're there and you have to send somebody out to pick up whatever it is. And then I think additional or in addition to whatever budget we had on Campfire, God, we had to spend at least another $500, like, just off of our debit cards, you know, yeah. throughout the up to run up and get this and that. And Yeah, so I'm sure a lot of first-timers run into that. I don't, pre- I don't remember who it was, but I just saw something either today or yesterday, but it's somebody that I'm friends with on Facebook, and they made an itemized list because they're making, or they made a uh, an indie movie. And it was an itemized list and a cost of how much each, like, prop, costume, everything that they needed cost. And they're like, yeah, this shit adds up. Like, you don't realize until you're making it. But it was like, I don't know, like, jacket that they wanted the person to wear. And it was like 17 bucks. But, like, how smart is that, though, to have that, like, for future reference? Like, yes, when I made my first movie, this is what I spent. Yeah. So now I know, like, a rough way to budget, you know what I mean? Seventeen dollars for a jacket is fucking insane. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> I like for a movie. I get it. Like, cause if you want a jacket, and I, I say that, but we on this new one that we're doing, we had to buy a pair of boots like full price, and they were full price at like Ross or some fucking yeah. cheap store like that. But it was still like twenty bucks or something, and I was like, this 
bullshit. I was like going crazy. Because <laughs> you have to be as frugal when you're doing your own production. You have to be, you know, careful with all that shit. Exactly. You don't and... have five million dollars. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Dude, I saw an interview with Rob Zombie where he's talking about Sherry Moon's pants in one of the three films, the, one of the first two, I think. And um, she, I think he said they were $1,700 a piece for her oh, blue shit. And he's like, yeah, we had to have five pair of those. Like, wash those jeans. <laughs> or like, yeah, but like, why didn't you just get cheaper blue jeans? <laughs> I, I, I can't believe it. Um, yeah, it's, it's fucking mind-boggling how much that you just throw away on a movie, but... Yeah, like with with this new one that we're doing, we made a list of everything and we kept track of like everything. I have like all the receipts and shit, so I can account for what all we spent. Yeah. Um, but it's still a bunch of bullshit because there's like a foam axe that we had to use, so we didn't hit somebody with a real axe, and it was like forty dollars for this stupid fucking thing. And all this <laughs> shit adds up that you don't think about. And right now, because we still have a few more scenes to shoot this month. I have a five-gallon bucket of blood sitting in my garage that <laughs> I'm going to go out there, and at best, it's going to be okay, but more than likely what's going to happen is I'm going to scrape the fucking mold off the top of it, and that's the blood that we're still going to use. Exactly. Just just pray for whatever reason the cops don't show up and ask to search your garage. Yeah, it's, good. <laughs> it's never fun when there's blood involved and the cops show up. But, uh... <laughs> I know that from experience. What? Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, all right. So um, I, I have this list together of things I want to bring up. Um, indie horror, crowdfunding, um, PG-13 horror. Damn, we kinda... we're hitting these quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I want to bring up, I brought up before, to me, so I feel like every decade kind of has this label of what was big for the decade. Like 80s, it's... 80 slashers 90s I feel like it was like the teen drama slashers that really yeah, stood out absolutely. Um, to me the 2000s was all gore porn and torture porn with like Saw oh hostile. don't forget either remakes of Japanese horror that uh, yeah was big and in early 2000s. Japanese remakes um, but you know Saw Hostel and then you had like Ring Grudge everything in between I feel like 2010s I could say indie and remakes or reboots or sequels and it's kind of cool. I, I am curious to see what trend catches on. Oh, found footage, too, for the 2000s. Oh, yeah. Um, right, I'm curious to see what catches on for the 20s, because you I, I think we will see kind of this trickle down, obviously, of like the remakes and the sequels, because, I mean, they still have Halloween coming out. Um, I, I know that they're talking about rebooting... Um, like Nightmare on Elm Street again and everything. Isn't there another Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah, one too? Yeah, I, I think we'll continue to see that. I don't think that that trend's going Blumhouse anywhere. Blumhouse on the craft right now. Yeah, Blumhouse is a big... Blumhouse will make... Oh, Candyman. There's a ton that have already yeah, been yeah. made or in the process of being made. But I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, like I said, I made a list of movies in order and in like 2010 and 2011, you kind of get like... Like the last Saw movie came out. And then you get the last Final Destination movie, and then, you know, the Paranormal Activity movies start to die out a mm -hmm. little bit. So there is kind of a transition phase in the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. But I, I am curious. I I love to, Colin, I, I think about it all the time. It's going to sound weird at first, but um, the episode that you did of your show with um, Joe Bob Briggs. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, yeah. No, he had brought up... 
when he had brought up, you know, he's like, I hate that all of these movies that are coming out now are like, oh, it's a homage to 80s horror or it's a homage to 70s horror. He's like, I want to see, you know, current horror. Like, I want to mm-hmm. see what a new ideas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, stop living in pat the past. But the 70s the- were so good. <laughs> and that's the thing. I, w- I stand by the 70s wholeheartedly. I will never say that horror's dead, but I think that a time where we are going to be scared by the movies that come out is gone. I don't necessarily agree. I think that, though, there's movies that we won't watch. I have been noticing a lot more movies that I just didn't care to watch, unfortunately. I hate that. Um, But at the same time, there's been a shit ton that I've had to see. Like, And it's been different types of things, though. Like, I, I miss slashers for the sake of slashers because i don't know if it's me maturing as a person or the movies are shittier yeah. because um i mean that's a fine line depending on how you factor in nostalgia and what is actually shitty and it's all subjective but i haven't seen a slasher that i was super into and like i said we talked about the halloween remake i did dig that but the shit that i've just like had to see has been like ari Aster's films and mm-hmm. robert Peters, like that type of thing oh and uh, jordan peele you know like yeah and what I ended up liking all of them, or every part of all of them is a different story, but I, those are the ones that I was really drawn to, and I felt like just as much a fan, or like a fanboy, as I did about Friday and um, Halloween and Nightmare back in the day. And I, I really think, and I hope that those movies, because they, they came out more recently, I, I hope that they are driving force to make more original ideas. Yeah. Because you got Midsummer and Get Out and Hereditary, and they were all these. I mean, they obviously borrowed elements from older movies, but they I, were I original stories, and yeah. they did so well, and they've got this huge cult following. I mean, A twenty four in general, the studio is just they, oh, they're putting out great stuff. Um, I wasn't a big fan of Us, the movie Us. I, I liked Get Out. Um, we, we had the same discussion on New Year's Eve. My brother and I sat around the table, and Us was cool, um, but it felt like there was a, a lot carried over from Get Out that they were just kind of riding on, maybe. Yeah, that's... It I, didn't try, yeah, but it was there was a lot that was left unexplained or maybe didn't quite fit into the plot that they still... You know, I don't know. George, I Jordan love- Peele's movies in general, they just... I mean, I know he's only released two, but... They just remind me of Twilight Zone episodes. Yeah. And then he rebooted Twilight Zone. And you're and like, this, it, is, this must be why. <laughs> and it just did terribly. But I, um, I, I get what he's doing. I kind of disagree with people because he released Get Out and instantly was labeled as like the Hitchcock of our generation and like this, the best horror film, one of the best horror filmmakers. And I'm kind of like, he's released one movie now two movies and like one of them was okay like i don't know that i'd give him that label quite no i think what he's really good at is social commentary and i think that it was cool how he pulled it into horror while it wasn't like it didn't ruin the social commentary aspect of it which like he's good at what he does but it's not standard horror by any means no i agree with that yeah that's that's true 
but you, you do kind of get this I mean there's there's people too that hate it and I, I think that that's gonna go with every um, every kind of horror movie that comes out but they label it this quote and this isn't my I hate this fucking phrase but woke horror where they're like oh oh this whole thing has this message behind it it's like well no shit like every horror (laughs) like texas chainsaw massacre it had like fucking it it was like made in a time where like people were pissed off about vietnam and like the whole thing didn't you say it had like social commentary behind like vietnam you like looked into it a little bit but like the, uh, some well, of the that's bigger... the thing, though, that's so important about horror is that it's literally, literally horror from every generation is literally based on whatever's going on in the world at that time. So look back. Look at really, German Expressionism. Look, yeah, look <laughs> at German Expressionism. Fact one. And, like, you, you're going to see that. Everything that's wrong with the world is going to be portrayed in horror movies. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, like, like Rob Zombie's very popular quote from Rob Zombie is, like, Horror movies are not scary. The world is fucking scary. Yeah. That's fact. And that's where the inspiration comes from. And that goes right down to Jordan Peele. He puts that social commentary that's huge right now as like racism and all of that and all this hate between people. And he throws it into his movies. Because it's important right now, just like Vietnam was important, you know, and the World War II was important during, you know, like all these things influenced during their times and they made people scared and feel uncomfortable and that's the whole point of horror i think the only difference between it and the the reason why people get mad is that it's so in your face jordan yeah. peele's movies are so in your face and it's but i just think that's his style you know what i mean like you can be vague with these things or you can be you know it just and that's his style and people love him for it and some people hate him for it and yeah. that's you know that's just comes down to taste yeah you know he's not my favorite director by any means like i'm not like hanging up posters of jordan peele movies (laughs) in my house or anything like that i mean it's mainly creature from the black lagoon but i'll say that get out i I felt that it was well made and there were so many things that i loved surprised with how much i liked get out there are so many things that i loved about it but i it's not one of my favorites no but i think that it is going to go down as an important movie of this time yeah and I, I, that's one thing i hated and i i kind of get this criticism is right after get out was made you could look up like greatest horror movies of all time and get out was the number one movie on all these lists and i'm like really out of every horror movie that's ever come out so you know i would have let him have it i mean i don't necessarily agree that that's the best horror movie ever made of course but you know you have your moment in the spotlight that's fine it was a great film he did a fucking good job. Mm-hmm. The fucking issue I had was that in 2014, and I don't know if we talked about this, but Dylan, I talked about it on that episode with Joe Bob, mm-hmm. and I was really proud because it was a movie he hadn't seen, and we got to discuss it. In 2014, a movie called Deep in the Darkness, or Deep in the Darkness is what it is, came out, and um, a guy named Colin Faze, or Faze, I'm not sure how to say it, Faze maybe, whatever, some dude named Colin directed it. And it is literally that story but they're like mutant hillbilly kind of people instead of um body snatchers or switchers mm-hmm. or whatever um everything up to the point where the guy um he's there it's a black guy there with his white girlfriend and even to the point where he's like where, where are the car keys i need to get out of here it wasn't that it's exactly like that but beat for beat that scene played out kind of the same way and like, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, 
I mean, a fucking lot of it, dude. It was really similar. As soon as I watched Get Out, I'm like, because uh, familiar. <laughs> there was so much hype about it. Now. Yeah, but then yeah, I saw it and I was like, wait a minute, I, I know this. And I <laughs> looked it up. Yeah. Talked to that director, and uh, all he would say about it is, um, he's like, yeah, there's a lot of similarities, but I think he did well with the content. And I was like, oh, okay, man, I can read this. <laughs> I'm not trying to get into it, man. Yeah. <laughs> but no, you guys should watch that and um, see what you think. Because yeah. maybe it's wrong, but I don't think I am. What's it called? Deep in the Darkness. It has um, Dean Stockwell and Sean Patrick Thomas, who is the guy from, I believe, one of those dance movies. Sean right. Patrick Thomas? Nothing like a man with three first names. <laughs> Uh, he was in Save the Last Dance. Um, oh, damn! Okay. Halloween Resurrection. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, dude's fucking great. Yeah, um, he was great in Save the Last, Last Dance. Well, I can't verify that. <laughs> I haven't watched that movie since I was, like, ten. But... Uh, yeah, so I, I, I had woke horror. I fucking Quote, unquote. I hate that term so much. So I... I I hate this one almost just as much, but I like it a little bit better. I had never heard woke horror until you sent me that list. I'd always heard it referred to as elevated horror. And okay. I was like, well, how oh, fucking I never heard that, that, so there you go. Yeah, it's like how pretentious, but I like it a little bit better than woke horror. Yeah, I, I think I might start using elevated horror because every time I hear woke horror, like, I, I cringe. Like, if you follow, like, Bloody Disgusting and, like, all these uh, pages on Facebook, yeah, like, all of the comments are like, enough with the woke horror, and I'm like, fucking stop saying that. Well, like, that's kind of not nice either, because I feel like Jordan Peele, whether you like him or not, whether you enjoy his movies or not, I feel like he's doing his own thing. And, like, I mean, we knew Jordan Peele prior to horror. Unfortunately. I, I will go ahead and say Jordan Peele's comedy... I fucking hate it. Yeah, but like um, Key it's... and Peel. I hate Key. I hate Key more than I hate Peel. But <laughs> yes, Key and Peel. I I I hate them no, so but like, much. You like, but what do you know about them? They're political. And did you expect anything less from the horror that he's involved in? Yeah, man. Like you know, like, and he's doing his own thing, and it's different than what's been out there. It's not a remake. You know, he's doing his own. Well, maybe it is. We don't know. But like, you know what I mean? Like he. You've got to respect that he's doing something different with it. You know yeah. what I mean? Whether you yeah, like I, it or not, it puts more out there for people to enjoy, and maybe it'll bring in new people to appreciate horror other than just looking at it as, like, violence and gore. I mean, I wouldn't even really put it all on um, the whole, like, woke horror thing because, I mean, there's people that shit all over Hereditary, The I Witch. I like Hereditary, um, but, like, it... Midsummer. I, I personally was not a fan of Midsummer, but... I think that these are all movies that were great, but there's something missing in all of them. Yeah. Um, I, so, I really... I, all those terms, kind of... I think it's just... They're all still horror movies, man. And yeah. I think that you slap those labels on them, like, elevated, um, because it's... They're just better than a lot of other horror movies, you know? Like, so, well, some of them, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. it's such a departure. And maybe not better, maybe that's the wrong word, but such a departure from traditional horror movies. And you're like, wait a minute, I'm watching this and fucking thinking about shit. What's going on? Yeah, How is, yeah. you know, they're not just killing everybody. What's going on? Um, and I appreciate that. And I, I can tell you that, like, if I had 
like time and budget to do like a movie. Well, I mean, you can look and see. We did like a bunch of slasher shit, and uh, well, Campfire. Not that it was anywhere close to like some sort of elevated concept, but it was just like fucking weird. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. this weird like I don't know. It, it was just weird to me, and it wasn't at all like we've talked about that, like what we're trying to do and all this shit for time and budget, of course. But had I the time and budget, I would totally do something um, highbrow, I'll say. I feel like I'd have to think a lot about it and then it would just end up being the same thing as something I've seen. <laughs> I can't. I, I could never make a, a movie in general, but especially not a horror movie because I feel like it would just end up being Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre. <laughs> I, I'm making a fan film. It's I almost... I, I'm really curious to see where all of these... I, I feel like these are really just the subgenre of our time. Yeah. Like, this, the subgenres, I should say. And I'm curious uh, to see where they go, because the... I mean, if you think about it, these movies are getting so much criticism now and, like, so much mixed feedback, but it, it was the same thing when slasher movies started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a huge following for it, but there were also people that were like, this is terrible, this is so stupid... And look how big slasher movies got. Mm-hmm. They're probably the the most known genre of horror. Yeah, and I think that's really any subgenre of horror as it starts out. It has a rocky start where it really divides people, but some of them pick up and gain attention and gain you know appreciation for. And then some of them are paranormal them. activity. <laughs> Don't, yeah. don't hit on paranormal activity, Sierra. <laughs> At least not the first one. Um, yeah, so I am curious to see how the view of it changes. I mean, I I would love, you know, 10 years from now to look back and see where movies like Get Out are. And if they're... I as... think that Get Out will always be redeemed as an important movie of our time. I don't think that that's ever going to change because I think that, like I said, I think it's so different. And it is, like, you know, it is a social commentary. And I think that it's a big part of what has been going on in, in the world, especially in this country, this decade. So I, I don't feel that that movie is going to be a forgotten one. No. Yeah, I wonder, though... It... And maybe not get out, but with some of them, like how cringy the movies that we look to be, or as a society view, as like masterpieces now, are going to be 40 years from now. Because obviously a lot's going to change in 40 years. Um, I was I mean, just... Yeah, I, I, I agree because I look at movies from like the early 2000s that when I watch them, I'm like, this is fucking amazing. And watching them now, I'm like, this is really bad. I can't believe I like Yeah, but this. at the same time, though, there are movies from then that were good then and they still hold up today you know like I I guess it just depends on how things age I really I guess we'll know in 10 years when we rewatch them (laughs) um we'll we'll get back together in 10 years and discuss (laughs) these movies again all right guys all right well um decade yeah (laughs) 2030 on the 2nd of January please can I hate that I please said, just stop saying woke horror. <laughs> woke. Yeah, my voice is recorded saying the fucking word woke. <laughs> it's the cursed language now. <laughs> um, We're cool. We're keeping up with the times. Yeah, this is a, this show's lit. <laughs> lit, fam. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, so uh, remakes and reboots, we've kind of touched on them a little bit. Um, and moder- really modernizing 
on old IPs. I mean, uh, a, a big thing was Child's Play uh, that just came out this past yeah, year. Yeah, so with the new Child's Play, I wouldn't even know. It's really weird because, like, most reboots or remakes, it's like they try to stick pretty similar to the original information that you have from it you know and then with child's play they modernized it like they purposely made it so that like it seems like it's it's meant for a kid who went into the movie theaters today would be like oh this would make sense that they would make something like this where if we saw this 10 years ago we'd be like this is very futuristic (laughs) yeah yeah i Um, I so you guys saw it yes well i saw part of it but i fell asleep I okay, saw the whole well, thing. I did so, not like it. <laughs> hey, well, that's what I was kind of wondering because we rented it, like mm-hmm. Xbox Live or something, um, and then we sat around and I was like, you know what? I don't care to watch this, and I felt like yeah. <laughs> But no, like, it I wasn't good. Both of those actors, like Aubrey Plaza and um, oh shit, what is the dude's name from Atlanta? Um, well, the, her co-star or whatever. Yeah, I can't remember like the cop. Yeah, I know who you're talking yeah. about. I love both of them, and I yeah. just, like, yeah. She's oh. just not a mom. Like, <laughs> I, I was watching this the whole, like, I was watching I it, and I'm like, does, isn't she supposed to love her kid? Like, she just seems like, eh, go yeah. away. <laughs> I just, I just, I just picture her character from, like, Parks and Rec, and I just look at that as who she is as a person. I feel like that <laughs> is who she is as a person. Yeah. kind of is. I talk, um, who did I have on there that knew her that um the guy that played twofer in 30 rock what was mm. his I can't remember his name but he like he was buddies with her or some shit and he's like yeah dude that's just how she is as a person <laughs> like, that's so just she her. doesn't she doesn't act she just is <laughs> yeah <laughs> essentially um but yeah you do get these modernizing and i i would almost say too with like the new halloween it was like a it wasn't really it was it was supposed to be a sequel but it was kind of like this new age reimagining and we got things like Suspiria which I still have not watched because it's really hard to go into a new Suspiria movie because Suspiria like sincerely is just a visual masterpiece you should so watch this it's, yeah like See, I'm, my, my I'm not against it, watching it either it's just like it's like I really have to prepare myself for it it's not even a, a, that it's a Suspiria thing it's that I have to really really push myself to watch a slow burn horror movie yeah i have i will go ahead and say it right now i have not watched the witch because i just know that it's a very like i've heard it's good i don't doubt that it's good i'm sure that i would love it but i need to be like properly in the mood to watch a slow burn horror movie (laughs) so i think that's what um we i took my daughter to see that in a theater (laughs) And um, we went on a Saturday morning, and it was just the two of us and then some random older woman, and we were were the only people in the theater, and we watched it. And it was just this unnerving, like, the score on The Witch really Mm -hmm. sucked me in. And um, it's so fucking good, man. I love it. You may hate it, um, because it is slow burn for sure. But there are so many weird little things that, and like nuances that, man, I absolutely loved it. And that Robert Eggers for me, man, that he, so the witch is one of my definitely top 10, maybe top five of the fucking decade. 
Ooh, of the decade. I was going to say of all I, time. I, That's impressive. I, I don't, like I said, I don't dislike. He likes slow bone Yeah, I don't movies. dislike them. He I just, just have has to, to mentally prepare yeah, for them because I, I have he gets to. bored. I actually bought The Witch on Blu-ray, and I've had it here on Blu-ray for, like, years now and just haven't watched it. It was So it was such a satisfying end for me, and I think a lot of people hated the ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I, I mean, somebody told me that the other day. I think my brother told me that, that some people didn't like the ending, but... To me, I feel that I've heard that. It was it was so perfect. Like it was everything I wanted it to be. <laughs> it's just so good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I do like slow burn, and I do like shots of trees a lot. There's a fuckload of shots of trees, and that's all that's going on. That was one of the things that drew me in. It's like just forest, and it's like a slow push in, and the sound is what it's doing. And to me, like. To create tension when you're not looking at a damn thing is amazing. You know, that's such a cool thing to do to me. I think it's super impressive what um, music can do for a movie, too, because, like, you can watch the shittiest movie and literally music can save it. And I'm only, I only have one example of movies for that. And I bet you Dylan knows exactly what I'm thinking of a shitty movie, bad plot, not great acting, but a lovely, lovely musical score. It follows. It follows. <laughs> oh, fuck. I actually, uh, when we did It Follows on the show, I emailed, I don't remember what it was, it might have been Warner Brothers or whoever, whatever company put that movie out, and I got in touch with, like, the manager of Disasterpiece, who's the guy who did the score for- And got permission to use the music. Yeah, we got permission to use the music in the episode. They were like, can you send us a clip of the uh, episode? I was like, yeah, sure, and I did, and they're like, yeah, go ahead. So, like, the whole episode- we just had the soundtrack playing in the background, and it was probably, like, my favorite thing to edit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, nice. like, excellent, mu- excellent, excellent music. It follows as, like, the best soundtrack of the decade, I think. I've said it, too. Like, imagine... Imagine... So, we talked about it, I think, with... Uh, when we started our Century of Horror thing that we never finished, because we suck, but... um, <laughs> um, They originally weren't going to have music in horror movies... I think they put it in for, like, Dracula or something because they were like, oh, it would be kind of weird to... Or they weren't going to put it in because they're like, oh, people are going to be like, where's this music coming from? Like, yeah. in, that are watching the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny concept because I never think that. Yeah, so, they're, you know, they're going to be like, oh, you're like we get the sound effects, but, like, we're on the... Like, nobody's playing a piano on the screen. Where's the piano coming from? So, it, I don't think it was Dracula, but it was, like, early movies that... uh yeah they weren't going to put the soundtrack in i know that they for silent films they did have music playing and that was so that if people were like coughing in the theater or anything it wasn't distracting from the yeah movie but i'm getting way off topic um you got excited (laughs) for a little bit of nerd knowledge it's okay so um another big thing from the decade uh we kind of touched on it a little bit was um horror universes and sequels so they big go one, hand in hand. Really big one. Probably the biggest one of the decade is the Conjuring universe. Um, yeah. But I... No, that's I, definitely the biggest yeah. for sure. And it kind of goes with sequels too. And I think it kind of all ties back to where we started with companies mass producing these movies because they know they're going to make money. Okay. Yeah. So when the first Conjuring came out, we saw it in theaters and we loved it. 
I loved it, but I was fucking pissed because it was like the worst theater experience. There's like little kids in there yeah, like screaming at nothing. And that's not the movie's fault, yeah. <laughs> okay? The first Conjuring we thought was excellent. And then the second Conjuring was the next movie in that universe, right? Um, or was it Annabelle? I think it was Annabelle. I'll Annabelle it. I hated. Royally hated. Yeah, I did not like Annabelle, and I didn't like the second Conjuring that much And either. then there's The Nun. Yeah. I hate that movie. The Nun was bad. I, I completely gave up. I heard then that, there was um, another Annabelle movie. I've heard that Annabelle creation was good. I, people were saying that Annabelle Comes Home looks good, or was good, but the trailer, to me, looked like one of the dumbest things I've ever seen it's, in my life. It's just like, they just took one movie that was really, really, really good, and they were like, oh, let's ruin it and make more! Yeah, but we got it this whole the whole decade though with you know paranormal activity Ugh, and um that... I, it just there was a bunch i don't feel like reading we'd have to anymore. really think about it <laughs> brain power of what i'm sorry i missed a um, movie universes not universes sequels. but yeah like companies just putting out sequels to movies over and over to make money but that's not a new thing of the decade i mean Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the Thirteenth. They no, were all doing like, that in the eighties like too. it's like coming back. It's yeah. like, well, no, I guess every like decade has their movies because like in the nineties. Well, I guess not because like Scream started in the nineties and then like the sequels were kind of, they came slowly. I feel. Yeah. Um. I'm still on Conjuring. Sorry, I got. Oh, I got, I got really? Um. I don't think this is the full list, but it's The Conjuring, Annabelle, Conjuring 2, Annabelle Creation, The Nun, Curse of La Llorona, and then I think after La Llorona was Annabelle Comes Annabelle home. Creation, I think, was before I'm really fucking surprised that they haven't made an Amityville horror that's in that universe at this point. Yeah, no shit. Because Ed and Lorraine Warren investigated that bullshit. I, that whole story is just BS. Yeah, I, I know, think. but like, are you... I'm a little shocked they didn't steal something that was already famous like that. And I think there's so many universe. Amityville movies that they know. Amityville movies have been so mass-produced that I think if they were to make an Amityville movie now and put it in theaters, nobody would give a shit to see it. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna be completely honest. Like, if you, I want to say that there's probably over thirty Amityville movies, and maybe like two or three of them are alright. Yeah. Damn, I didn't realize there were that many. There are so there many. There are, yeah. and they all are like, it's like, Amityville, the curse. Amityville, the possession. Yeah, it's, <laughs> like, it's like... It's ridiculous. Yeah, like, there, there's probably well over 30, I would say. Maybe even more. Like, there's a lot of Amityville movies. And, like, some of them are, like, like 90% of them are made by people you've never heard of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they don't get wide releases. Obviously, they no. just are kind of. No, I think out. the last, the only one that has gotten a lot wide release since the original one is the don't Ryan worry. Reynolds one. Yeah, which I liked. But um, it sucks because that's probably somebody's like big break. They're like, shit, I'm doing an Amityville. Fuck. <laughs> 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 gonna make it big. Let me do some research. Oh, oh, what? There's how many movies? <laughs> oh, <Fuck>. okay. <laughs> just do another Freddy movie. It's fine. Um. Yeah, I'm getting kind of the bottom of my list. Uh, I have on here, I, I've noticed a spike mainly in the latter part of the decade, but um, yeah, like the of, last three years. of foreign horror and like a big popularity in that. Um, One I, of the I best know, ones I've seen is Raw. Yeah, there's Raw, but there's like, um, 
Goodnight Mommy, which was big. I hated Goodnight Mommy. I, I noticed this thing too. So, a, a lot of these movies too are like French extreme films, and I know that um, some of these aren't released like later part, but they've gained like I've I've been seeing them mentioned a lot lately. But like Frontiers, Martyrs, um, yeah, even like High Tension. I know that there were people that liked the movie, but I've seen a lot of people like it's they, it's becoming more popular. And I I almost want to credit it to to the fact of what we spoke before about um, all these, like all the big studio movies that are coming out are very tame PG-13 movies. Yeah, I think that people are looking elsewhere for real horror. Not to say that these movies aren't good because they are well done, but they are very graphic and they don't really, they, they push limits. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is a, a very horror thing to, like a thing that people do who like horror you want to find something that's past your comfort limit because that's what's going to scare you. Yeah. Now, there, I personally feel there should be a limit. I do not agree with the people that are watching snuff films. I didn't even want to bring it up, but I don't understand the mass amounts of people that worship Serbian a Serbian film. film. No, I, I wouldn't let myself watch that. Or yeah. I, I, just, I think all that stuff is bullshit. I don't yeah, like edginess for the sake of edginess. Exactly. Well, yeah, it's just people that are like, I'm going to do the most fucked up shit just for the sake of getting people to say I made the most fucked up thing. It's like, just because what you did was fucked up does not make it a good horror movie. Sorry. Yeah, and I think there's a difference. That's I mean, disgusting. Martyrs, for example, is a very story-driven movie. It just happens to also be a very fucked up movie. But it ties into the plot of the movie. And I think that there's a difference between having something like that as opposed to, oh, like you said, Colin, edgy for the sake of being edgy. Yeah. Um, I've noticed a lot too <laughs> with these foreign movies is almost every single one of them, when they gain buzz in the US, they are like, you, you see all these like Facebook articles and stuff like, this movie was so scary that people had to turn it off. And God, it's like the exact same title <laughs> yeah. reposted with a different movie. They had the one that was on Netflix, Veronica, and it oh, was the most boring movie. fucking movie. <laughs> that was such a shitty, like, I mean, it wasn't a shitty movie, but it was just, it was so vanilla. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and you, I love you for that. I, I noticed, like, people were doing it a lot with um, Goodnight Mommy, and they were like, oh, it's like, the, it's the most fucked up movie I've watched, and it's so scary, and it was good. And I think it Raw is did the have... only one that stood up, stood out for me as like the foreign from like the last couple years. I watched that movie, and I was like, I, I don't ask Dylan. I'm awful. It once there's subtitles, I'm like, yeah. oh fuck. But no, this movie, I was like the whole time I was zoned in. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I Wait, love that movie. Did you huh? say which one were you just talking about? Raw. Oh, Raw, yeah, yeah, hell yeah, I thought that's what you said. Yeah, dude, that movie was awesome. It, it was so good, and, like, they did a lot of that wonderful use of color that Dylan loves so much. I have not, I haven't watched Raw. I, it's the way Sierra describes it, it's, like, everything that I love Yeah, in the movie. Dylan would love it, but he, he, I think he has the same issue with me, that once you have to read subtitles, it's <laughs> like, uh, I'd read a book right now if I wanted to read subtitles. I want to watch a movie. <laughs> oh, I, I hate that I feel the same way sometimes. <laughs> like, it's oh, awful. Like oh. it's so bad. I really need to get over it. But like, and I love reading. I do. I love reading. But 
when I'm watching a movie, I want to watch a movie. I had people um, when we when we covered High Tension, and I and I haven't released the episode. So if anybody's listening, they're like, when did you do that? No. Um, I, I was out, talking. Baby. I was talking to somebody about. It. I don't remember who it was, but they're like, "Why the hell did you watch the dub version of that movie? That's like terrible." And I was like, uh, <laughs> "I don't like. Reading I don't want to read anything." Yeah, it was pretty bad, but that's the one I watched too. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was lazy. <laughs> exactly. Like no other defense. We're a little lazy sometimes. Like that's why you watch a movie. Um, a couple of my favorite ones. Where um, did you guys see Belzebuff? Belzebuff? I did not. There's a, a lot of um, Mexican horror films that came out this past year, I think, or within the last couple of years. I don't know the exact release date. Um, in the fucking decade, either way, that were yeah. uh, just really, really good. Um, Belzebuff is one, and Tigers Are Not Afraid. I've really- heard that Tigers Are Not Afraid is really good. It's on Shutter. Yeah. And I keep meaning to watch it and just haven't gotten around to I it. I get too distracted by the live TV on Shutter that has ridiculous shit on it. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I sit sometimes if I'm eating lunch and I'll watch that, just whatever they're playing, because always, it's always, well, like 99% of the time, it's something that I've never heard of. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, I was watching, this is so off topic, but like, I was watching, I don't remember, they have three channels, I cannot remember what they are, but it was the middle channel. <laughs> Okay, the second channel. And they had, like, this weird horror samurai thing <laughs> with alligators. <laughs> and my niece, I love her to death. My niece is 13, and she's like, I want to watch a scary movie. And I was like, all right. And I was like, you want to watch the live TV? <laughs> and that's the bullshit I made this girl watch. Jeez. But oh, then playing- we watched Darling, so it was fine. <laughs> I just checked, and they're playing Mandy right now. I love, I love Mandy. Mandy! I love Nick Cage. Anything with him is just... Sierra brought up the... I think it was yesterday. She's like, when do you think Nick Cage is going to start doing horror conventions? Because like, all he's doing right now is just fucking wild indie horror movies. <laughs> I... Dude, Colin, you should hire Nick Cage. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I, if I if I could fucking if I had a story worth offering I would like I feel to get well setting Mandy as like the bar like that's a fucking good movie dude it's weird it's, though it's, it's so it's, fucking it, weird it really is but like I love it keeps your attention yeah and like how like stylized everything is and but... just fucking bonkers. it just made me feel sad like the end when he's driving away and she's like in the passenger seat I'm like this is sad can I just tell you though like. Mandy's not one of those movies that I will talk about to people that are not horror fanatics. Oh, yeah, fanatics. absolutely not. Like, I won't go to work and be like, yeah, I watched this movie in Mandy. And they're like, what happened? It's like, spiky dicks, man. <laughs> oh, not yeah, you that. can't, like, <laughs> tell anybody outside of, like, a horror community. Yeah, like, no, they'd be like, you need help. Yeah, that movie's fucking weird, dude. Oh, my, Even people that like horror. Like, I had this girl that I work with, and she's like, oh, I saw you watched Mandy, and she's, like, really into horror. And she's like, oh, like, I was going to check it out. Is it good? I'm like... Uh, you can watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be in trouble for recommending that to yeah. you at all. So no, I, I didn't want her to come to work the next day and like tell everybody like Dylan told me to watch this movie you... and this girl got dosed on acid and this guy jerked it in front of her. Could what you... the hell? <laughs> Could you imagine anybody else being in that movie other than Nick Cage? Uh, absolutely not. No. He's perfect. He's he's America's sweetheart. <laughs> so your litmus test for people, I, I just thought of this and it's a really good i think it's really solid is you ask them 
hey, did you like National Treasure? And if they say yes, end the conversation. If they say no, then say, hey, you should check out Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take that idea, but I'm going to change it to... Fuck. Did you like National Treasure 2? There you go. <laughs> Book of Treasure, was that what it was called? I don't know what the fuck it was called. Those movies, did you like Bangkok Dangerous or any of early 2000s Nick Cage? But it, like, there was so many weird, like, almost DVD. Hey man, Con Air, that's a different one. I if you love If Con you Air. like Raising Arizona, boy do I have a movie for <laughs> hey, you. that's a great movie. Shut the Leave yeah, Nick Cage so, no. alone. That's all that area, or not area, all that era Nick Cage is like, oh. yeah, dude, I it's love Connor so much, and um, all the older ones, but you get into, it when was, It had to be early 2000s when he started doing the, like this slew of these weird, shitty action movies, you know? Yeah. Oh, uh, like Gone in 60 Seconds? Yeah, and even that one still, like, performed it's well. It's still pretty good, yeah, yeah. He got weird, and then he got real weird, and we love that. Yep. Like he got just a taste of horror with Wicker Man, and he's like, I kind of like this. Yeah. And then, I. Uh, that was weird in a bad way, though. I've I've seen him announced for so many like really fucking weird horror movies, and I almost mom and dad. There, there's one where he's playing himself that's coming out, and it's like a meta Nick Cage horror movie. But it, <laughs> I, I I almost like is I like. Is this the era of Nick Cage? I, I like to just picture him reading these scripts at his house and like he doesn't even get paid for these movies anymore and he's just like reads he's like yeah yeah that's the one <laughs> I saw in, um, a picture someone had posted with an article about Nick Cage was in some random fucking bar on New Year's Eve and they got a picture with him because he stopped him for a drink and that kind of makes me feel the same way as what you just said like what was Nick Cage doing at some random fucking doctor on New Year's Eve <laughs> He's like one of the biggest movie stars in the world, and he's like, I, I think I'll stop at that bar. Sierra <laughs> <laughs> uh, and well, I. Bill Murray used to do shit like that. Oh, I, I love I the Bill Murray, Murray stories. Have you, like, have you ever heard the Bill Murray, Murray stories? I like the French fry, like nobody's gonna believe yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does shit like that all the time. He shows up to people's parties with like veggie trays and shit. <laughs> if you invite him to parties, he'll show up. Yeah, Sierra and I followed Nick Cage for a while too. Not in a creepy way, but like. Oh, it was creepy. <laughs> I promise you that. No, because like we found, because like I I love DC and like Sierra loves DC and. Uh, he's a we huge found out he's a huge fanatic. like yeah because like yeah. we found out he almost played Superman. Isn't his son named Kal El? Yeah, his son's named yeah. Kal El. He had a Action Comics one, the first appearance of Superman, and it got stolen from him. And he bought it back. Yeah. You know that he has a crypt in New Orleans. What? Yeah, like he. Bought his where he's going to be buried as this huge fucking like crypt, and I think it's I don't know what all's inside. I but wish he was my dad. What I remember reading was it was just him, <laughs> just. Like, <laughs> and I kind of like to think that he, maybe he never he's never gonna die. He just goes in there and it's you know like all sealed up. And you go in, and he's like, hey, how you guys doing, Nick Cage? <laughs> I, I like this a lot. Can we just like when we post this episode, can we be like Horror Haven? Episode one, Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys remember Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I, Look, I always forget. Cage. It's like I, I don't realize. How I forgot he was Ghost Rider. <laughs> Who is he not, you know? Nick Cage does it all. Oh, God. Horror, action, comedy, 
family movies. So I, I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to bring up. The last uh, few things that I added down on here um, is kind of just these like subcultures that I've That's noticed yeah. in, in horror. Um, ones that have really gotten big. I've noticed a lot, and obviously, like, this isn't a new thing because movie collectors have always been a thing, but, like, in recent years, Blu-ray collectors and VHS collectors. Dude, the Blu-ray collectors, though, are, like, they're snobby as fuck. They only really? order from certain Blu-ray companies. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, Arrow? There's Arrow, there's Vinegar Syndrome, there's, um... Synapse Films. There's, there's a like, a so, few, yeah, like, really like, big so, ones. So, like, when people find their blu-rays that they like they try and get all of their movies from very specific people that make the best quality but i've seen people's but the fun the funny thing is and this isn't this shit on anybody like i i obviously you know what you do you we're sitting in front of our blu-ray collection right now it's small but um they're i i've seen people's collections and they're fucking huge you're right those are dvds you you get these people that collect blu-rays and again, nothing against them, but you see these like releases and they they go crazy over these releases and it's some like weird movie from the 80s that I've never heard I of. I probably watched it on sci-fi when I was eight. Yeah, yeah, and like you look up the reviews and it's like two out of 10 on IMDb and they go crazy and they're like, this is getting a Blu-ray release. And I'm like, why do you want to see that yeah, movie in like, such high quality? Real, like, how would you feel if... Um, um, I'm trying to think of a shitty movie you like. Like, all of them. Oh, I mean... <laughs> thanks, but no, I, like I said, I'm not I'm not hating on anybody. I just, like... I, there's so many movies that I have never heard of in my entire life. That people get hyped over. And people get so hyped, and, like, the orders, like, sell out. And it's just this huge thing. Like, I think ugh. probably what it is is seeing something... It, it might not even be something where they're excited for that particular movie. It might just be like, they're excited for something they've never seen before. Yeah, you I know guess. What I, mean? I, like... I started collecting VHS tapes over the last year, and I have, like, certain movies that I'll get, and, like, a lot of them I won't get. And, Colin, I know, again, going back to when you interviewed Joe Bob Briggs, and he's like, I don't understand that shit. Why do people want to collect horror movies? I'm going to tell Joe Bob about my VHS shit. <laughs> he's like, I don't give a shit. Fucking loser. Grow up. <laughs> Why but, do you collect that? I mean, for me, for me, it's like. It's what do you really, not collect, Dylan? Come it's on. really a nostalgia thing, but like, there's only like, I really only have like '80s and '90s horror movies. Like, I don't see a like. I wouldn't get a new movie that just came out on VHS. I I did get Never Hike Alone, and I will say that the watching it on a VHS tape it just adds to the movie so much because it just feels like you're watching yeah. a movie from the '80s. Yeah, but, I think I missed. Um, I've got one coming. I don't. I can't remember what it is. Honestly, I either ordered the Blu-ray or the VHS, but I think I missed the VHS. Mm-hmm. Um, I know if I would have had my choice, I would have, of course, got the VHS. But I think I missed it. Like they were all sold out or something. Well, they, I, they let them out in waves, and they only really they when they did the last uh, Never Hike Alone crowdfunding, they did. Um, they had three different ones, and there was only 13, 13 of each. And I just happened to be, like, off of work one day, and I was sitting on the couch, and Facebook popped up, and it was like, oh, we just posted this. There's only 13 of them, and there's the VHS tape. He, like, so literally I was like, All right, called fuck me it. at work on my boss's phone and was like, Sierra, 
is it cool if I order this? <laughs> like, yeah. Fucking go for it. I don't care. But um, I, that, that's one thing. Like, I, there's certain movies where... I only I, have one VHS. There's certain movies where I wouldn't is really it? care to... Uh, you know what it is, Colin. Oh, of course. That's why I had to ask. <laughs> I actually... So I bought the Texas Chainsaw Massacre VHS that Sierra has. I bought it because I was just scrolling eBay one day. Let me, can I tell him the special yeah, part about it? it I, I was scrolling Mine. eBay. It was like the middle of the night. And uh, Sierra was asleep, and somebody posted Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and all of the items on their page were like World War II books. And then they had this tape, and it was $5, and they were like, the only description was like, would make a perfect addition to your VHS collection. So I'm looking at it, and I'm like, what is on the front of that? And I zoom in, Marilyn Burns signed the front of it. And I was like, what? wait, what? So I ordered it real quick because I was like, fuck it, it's $5. And Even it came in and like I pulled up her signature and stuff and it's, and it's legit her signature. her signature. What the hell, dude? Holy yeah. shit. I think this person just didn't know no what they was. had. Yeah. Wow. So I have Marilyn Burns' signature. That since is Since I could never meet her. But I, there's a there's a few movies. Usually if I go to, if we go to conventions and there's somebody there. Little Shop of Horrors. Like, there's always people there that sell VHS tapes, but, like, if there's somebody there whose signature I want to get, I'll just, I'll be like, I don't know what to get them, them to sign, so I'll just get, like, a VHS tape. I got Child's Play 2, and I got Alex Vincent and Christine Elise to sign it. Oh, cool. And it was kind of weird, because I just randomly found them, like, okay, I'm going to buy this and have them sign it, and I went and I had them sign it, and they flipped shit. They're like, I haven't seen one of these in years, and they're, like, showing each other and stuff. I was like... Wow. I've seen a, a VHS tape of the movie, of the movie you were in. <laughs> like, nobody has you sign this. I but, love good idea, man. But, yeah, so I... That just bums me out more that I didn't get the damn Never Hike Alone VHS. <laughs> but, you know, we so... got it, bitch! <laughs> I'll just I'm sure they'll my... release more, because they keep... They've been randomly, like, posting... Yeah, and they do... Every time they do a new wave, they change the cover. Yeah. Oh, you guys got that OG one then. You can hold over everybody's heads. Did we get the first one or did we no. get the second one? We got the I second one. I think we got the second think. one, yeah. So we I can just read. add my Never Hike Alone Blu-ray to my um, really impressive Blu-ray collection. And I say that um, because I had no fucking idea it was a big deal before you sent me this list, Dylan. Like, Because I, I, like, I didn't prepare anything to talk about yeah. on Blu-ray because I was like, I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know it was like that sought after right now um, because... I, well, I just didn't fucking know. So my Blu-ray collection consists of, well, it will be Never Hike Alone. I think I have The Hangover 2. That my mom <laughs> like, whenever that shit came out. Um, date Night with, or no, what is it? Date, Due Date with Robert Downey Jr.? Like, yeah. the, that, that movie. And then um, I think Alice in Wonderland, maybe, and a couple of other, I, I don't know, like, old-ass, you know, like, movies from the beginning of the decade. Hold on, yeah. I'm looking at our Blu-rays, and I'm going to find the worst of them, and I'll let you know what we got. Okay. Um, let's see. We have Planet Earth on Blu-ray. What's bad about Planet Earth? I fucking love Planet Earth. It's just weird that we own Planet Earth, Dylan. You watch it. Uh, Monsters University on Blu-ray. Hey, I just watched that for the first time on uh, Christmas Day. Did you awesome. love it? Yeah, it's pretty cool. It was cute. And we have Anchorman 1 and 2. On Blu-ray. Steelbook. That makes, <laughs> that totally makes sense. Um, I honestly can't tell you any more of mine. I think I have the second Boondock Saints for some reason on Blu-ray. <laughs> the second one? 
Uh huh. We have a we have a bunch. What does he say? Like ding dong, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> we have we have quite a. I'm I mean, a huge Boondock Saints fan, but not uh, the second one. We probably have like twenty or thirty Blu-rays, but it it's something like where like once streaming became a thing and like yeah, Netflix and all that, I just kind of stopped buying them because I'm like I'm just we uh, have a I'll find shit it somewhere. ton of DVDs though. Yeah, I didn't have um cable for the longest time, so if I wanted to watch something, I just had to buy it on DVD. Yeah, but now Netflix is a thing. Like, before streaming services, I was like, oh, I don't have cable. I'm going to buy this whole show on DVD, so I have something to watch. So I have been with Dylan since he was 14 years old, and in that time, like, the majority of the time we dated, like, up until, like, 2011 or something, he didn't have cable or internet. That's pretty cool. Like, he had dial-up, I think. Yeah, it was like... <laughs> it, it wasn't even really like a... My dad... I lived in the middle of the He's woods. He's Amish. No. <laughs> but my dad's house was in the middle of the woods, so... And, like, he built the house in the middle of the woods. So it was like... They... It cost a there lot was of money no, to run it. Yeah. yeah, they would have had to run the wires all the way back to his house, and it, I think it was like three or four thousand dollars. And he's like, "I'm not fucking doing that." So, which is stupid. Like, he definitely could have afforded it. Yeah, but um, other things with decade before I wrap up, I've seen a huge increase in the last decade of like true crime fans, mm-hmm. and like, and I feel like it's like this big thing that I can find common ground with because I can go to my job and find like a random person and just be like, Hey, did you watch this true know, crime Ted, documentary? Ted Bundy documentary? And there's like, yeah, Everyone's hell yeah. Like, I love Ted Bundy. Yeah. He's my favorite serial killer. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I think I could do a podcast just talking about the serial podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Real, right. Like it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. I, I listened to the first season of it, and then the second season was, like, Bo Bergdahl, and I was like, or whatever his name was, and I was like, I was like, I didn't really care for that, but I actually, when I was driving from New York to North Carolina, I listened to the entire first season of Serial, and I literally just talked to Serial about it for, like, two months, yeah, and I was like, you, I was like, you have to listen to it, and then, like, randomly, we, randomly, we'd be sitting at the house, and I'd just hit play on an episode, and she'd be like, god damn it, Dylan. <laughs> Like, I like true crime a lot, but I can't do, like, just, like, seven hours. Yeah. yeah. No, I, actually, well, I can, because when Making Murderer came out, I definitely called out of work for two days to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I listened to Making a Murderer like it was a podcast, because I was so into it. And I was, I drive around a lot, like, for my job. Mm-hmm. And um, so I would watch it, like, the episodes on my phone when I was like on lunch or something. Oh yeah. And I would just listen to them as I was driving. And if it was like something super important, I'd like at a stoplight, I'd go back and like watch that part <laughs> with us and then like listen to it. But um, yeah, I don't. I, I just I'm in my my truck a lot, so I listen to a lot of shit like that, like podcasts and. Um, Nothing audio. passes the time like a good true crime podcast. Yeah, we w- we've I've wanted to do a true crime podcast, it's and a we lot did of like work, we did the one episode we did Jonestown, and it was so much research and everything, and like we had certain ones that we wanted to cover, like certain cases, and like I start do I'd start doing research, and I'd have like four pages in my notebook, and I wouldn't even be in like the beginning of the case yet. And I'm like, this is a fucking lot to do. <laughs> we ended up recording an episode on conspiracies. And we had 
my sister-in-law and her brother on and we ended up not ever posting the episode because some of the shit they said it was like they were legit like don't post this like somebody's gonna hunt us down and kill us like like, legitimately we were like all right we got i think it's gone i think we deleted the episode but like we legit like they had crazy shit to tell us oh yeah that was nuts um, you mentioned Ted Bundy a second ago. I wanted yeah. to on that real quick um, because I think that well, I can't remember the fucking weird ass title, but the one with shockingly vile on Netflix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you get that? Yes. Yes. I fucking loved that. Did you? How did you guys feel about? I love. I liked it a lot. Um, I think that the only downfall, I f- feel like you said it, Dylan, was like he. You wanted to see more of how he like lured people. Yeah. I wanted I wanted to see a Ted Bundy movie and not a movie about his girlfriend. Well, okay. that was my big thing. I get that. I totally get that. But I think that is why it hit me so hard. Um, my the thing I like most about it, and little side note is I'm probably gonna get a tattoo of this, not for Ted Bundy's sake, but because um, I'm getting it doesn't fucking matter. I'll explain that some other time, man. Um, <laughs> when he wrote Hacksaw. On, in the like fogged mm-hmm. window yeah. at the at the when he you know like was yeah. it or something like so there's this I don't remember who said it but there's this thing about how you have there's you're actually three people right three versions of yourself there's the person that you show your friends and family there's the person that you are like when you're alone or no no, no excuse me there's a person that you show strangers person that you show your friends and family and then there's just like you inside your own head kind of right mm-hmm. like maybe the even the person when you are alone is part of like friends and family or something i can't remember exactly how it looked but the one that was intriguing to me was this person that you are inside your head when you may have this like dark thought that you just never admit even to yourself you certainly don't share with anybody and everybody has it right everybody has like a dark place that you just don't associate with or Mm -hmm. you're a fucking sociopath. And so to see that, like that's, that was the most intimate thing to me is she's like, well, how'd you kill this woman? And his whole facade faded and to fucking write hacks. Like, I don't know, dude, I don't don't know if I'm even doing that justice of the explanation, but it really, it struck a chord with me to be like, that's truly who that man was. Yeah. And he's letting this other person in on that. The whole serial killer psyche is just... And that's why, like, we had talked a little it's, bit it's about always, it. Like, there's always going to be a morbid curiosity there. That's the whole... We just talked about it a little bit. I don't remember if it was before we started recording or not, but um, don't fuck with cats on Netflix. Yeah. I, like... I feel weird saying it, but, like, I just kept saying to Serum, like, this guy was a fucking genius. <laughs> like, I am blown away by this fucking guy. Like... He literally planned out. Like I don't. I don't want to spoil it because it's relatively new. So if anybody hasn't seen it, if you haven't seen it, watch it. But I'm just like, it blows my mind that people can have that thought process, you know? Yeah. And it's not something. And it is. It's a curiosity because the the things that people think of, it's not things that we display in everyday behavior. Like no person in their right mind is going to go through that much planning. Yeah, but it. <laughs> Can That's... I just say my friend's texting me about this documentary as we speak, and she's like, "That wasn't real." I'm like, "Yeah, it's it really happened. It's like legitimate." And she's like, 
no way, that's fake. <laughs> she just, like, legit keeps texting me, like, are you sure? <laughs> I, uh, it's crazy. I my wife about that, like, because we had, I remember sitting around joking um, about promotions for different things, like something we were working on. I was like, oh, you could just create, like, 50,000 fake Facebook profiles or, like, Instagram. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, promote your own shit. Well, that's he really did that, and I'm like, yeah. holy shit! Like the dedication—not fifty thousand, but you know, a lot. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, the uh, the time, like, to give up that much of your time, is fucking well, it's insane. It's what it is. Um, to go with the shockingly evil, whatever the name of the movie is. Um, did you see my friend Dahmer? No. That's that was really good. I actually enjoyed that more than the Ted Bundy one, but it's kind of similar. It was like. My friend Dahmer, though, was, like, a little more, like, loose. Like, it wasn't, like, as factual, though. I'm pretty sure. I'm not 100%, but um, that one was really interesting, and it's, like, kind of a similar... All these Disney Channel stars. <laughs> yeah. Love yeah, it. It's kind of this, like, similar um, idea to what the Ted Bundy movie was. But um, the last few things I had on my list here are um, podcasting horror podcasts fucking exploded um yeah those fuckers <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah i mean I, I there's too many horror podcasts in the world there are and we're I mean, one of them <laughs> i mean i don't blame them. i it's fun to do it's fun yeah. to get on and, and talk horror movies with people and it's fun to, i mean i've said it before like we've I've watched so many movies from starting this podcast that I probably never would have watched otherwise, but I've been kind of like, all right, I've never watched this. Fuck it. Let's watch it and do an episode on it. And like you dive into it and you kind of get a different way of looking at movies and stuff. And it's fun. It's fun to do, but a lot of podcasts showing up. The last thing I have on the list, um, TV shows. There have been a lot of horror TV shows where it's like American Horror Story, The Exorcist, Bates Motel, Bates Motel. Yeah. Dude, I loved Haunting of Hill House so much. Oh, yeah, Haunting of Hill yeah, House. Yeah, Haunting of Hill House. And it's a huge thing. I personally cannot get into horror TV shows. At all? I, I, I think, I, okay, so here's what I do every time. I watch the first, like, two episodes, and I love it so much, and then I never watch it again. And I, feel- I, th- I think, a, I think what a big thing is, is, like, after too much exposure, it just stops being scary to me. I feel like horror is a, lo- is a hard thing to continue long-term. Yeah, I did the same thing with video games, like horror video games. Like the first like two hours I play the game, I'm like genuinely freaked out, and then the last bit of the game, I'm just kind of like getting annoyed that something's popping out at me, and I'm like, I just want to play the fucking game. Yeah. I uh, I totally get that. I think we talked about that before at one point. I can't remember, but um, no matter how shitty something is, if I get sucked into a story, I'll have to finish it. Like, yeah. even, like, sequels, even terrible sequels, I just want to know. see, I'm not like that. I'm like, fuck this! Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, well, and I also, stopped... so, on Hill House, man, Mike Flanagan, he, that dude's one of my top five favorite directors. Like, I pure. actually have, like, quite a bit of his stuff written down on here, because he, I mean, he just did Doctor Sleep, which, it didn't do well in box office, but it, I, just... I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. Um, I had the chance to watch it, but right after it caught out of theaters, Mike Flanagan was like, oh, we're releasing an over three-hour cut yeah. of the movie. And I'm like, I'll just wait until that because I'm not going to watch it and then go and watch it again with a three-hour cut. But I've seen a lot of people say that it was their favorite mo- horror movie 
of 2019. This is pretty fucking good, dude. Like, my wife was fucking kick-ass and took me to Austin to see it on my birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm, we were going to Austin for my birthday. We didn't, like, there's a fucking closure theater. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, you're good. <laughs> we, uh, it's awesome. It was really good. Uh, we, I had just, actually, I was talking about audiobooks and shit like that. Um, Dr. Sleep, I had just listened to the audiobook, like, a few months before it came out. And um, I wish that I could have seen the movie without watching the book. I mean, no, without listening to the book, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, you obviously you have to leave. The book's, like, long as fuck. Yeah. And so you have to leave out a lot of that content and a lot of the storylines. And we, we can talk about that if you guys watch it, man. Because it, it's worth... That fucking movie is worth dissecting a lot. Like, there's a lot of really cool shit. It does justice to The Shining to Stephen King, like, he I, fucking... I wouldn't mind covering it once, uh, like I said, though, I want to... <laughs> I gave um, him a warning to stop talking. I, uh, I, like I said, though, like, I don't want to watch it now and then have to watch it again when this, like, three-hour cut comes out. I'd rather just watch the three-hour cut and, like, get the full yeah. experience with Why it. Why didn't they make it a miniseries? <laughs> <laughs> but, um... If I'm being my... honest, I didn't finish uh, Midsummer because I've been waiting. I fell asleep, and um, it was a very calm movie. Sierra also fell asleep. Yeah, I will did. say I was extremely disappointed by it. Really? Yeah. I, I like and, the way um, it was filmed and I like the coloration, but I feel like the movie itself was like. I'm gonna say too. Flat. Um, the end of the movie. Probably don't watch it with anybody. Oh, I, yeah, I, I yeah! Don't do that. The whole, the whole, the whole time the end scene was happening, Sierra was like asleep on the couch and she kept rolling over it, and I'm just like sitting there, like, please don't you wake up! I don't want to watch this movie, with you. you. Just pray your parents don't walk through your door because they're yeah. gonna think you're watching porn. Yeah. <laughs> I, the whole time Sierra's like rolling on the couch, I'm like, please don't wake up! I don't want to watch this with you, please. The very end, like I saw the ceremony and all that shit. I just didn't see the very, very end. Oh, okay. Um, but so. I know he's, Ari Aster's releasing a director's cut fairly soon. Mm-hmm. And, um... Maybe it'll I'm, be better. Yeah, I'm hoping to, I'm wanting to watch it. And I don't know that I fell asleep necessarily out of, like, boredom, because I dug it. I will say that Hereditary, dude, I loved Hereditary. Like, I liked I, Hereditary a lot, too. It, it's like fucking up there for me. Like if I if I just real fast to get my run, well, I'm sure you'll want to cover that. We'll do. Are you gonna do Dylan a, a top, like a list or anything of the decade? Yeah, we could do like our top, like our favorite ones of the decade. Oh, I'm gonna like be throwing out movies and Dylan's gonna be like that was 2009. I mean, yeah. I have a list made. You can look at my list. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we could we could save that and do like a top of the decade. Okay, well, just spoiler alert: Hereditary is gonna be on mine because that shit. I just loved everything about it. Um, and so I was so stoked on this, and I don't know that it was. I mean, it's obviously so different, and um, yeah, it is really. I don't even know that it's slow. It's just I don't know how you describe that. Like uh, the pacing was okay, but it was just like. It, well, what did you say? Like sleepy or something earlier, Sierra? <laughs> like, yeah, it's like it's like soothing. calming. Yeah, I was real calm, and I just I just. Are we talking yeah. about Hereditary or Midsummer? Oh, Midsummer. 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 Okay. <laughs> I, my only problem with Hereditary, I, I loved it, but I felt like the entire movie made it seem like one thing was happening, and then the last like two minutes of the movie is like, oh, just kidding. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't. I don't want to spoil. I mean, honestly, we can get into our favorite. I'll say, 
last year we recorded an episode and we did our favorite movies of 2018. And if I were to do for 2019, I honestly probably couldn't even pick a favorite because there were no movies that really stood out to me as being amazing in 2019. And that's just me personally. Um, I think, too, we've also been watching a lot of fucking Disney. <laughs> so, but I, And it, I almost, this past year I've been in this mindset, and it's exactly what you said, Colin, is I, I'm to a point where there's mo- all these movies coming out, like, I don't even care to check them out. Yeah. Like, I haven't watched It Chapter 2 because I'm like, I don't fucking care, honestly. <laughs> it was okay. I saw it. And we went to the theater. That's, so. But that's the thing is, that's what I hear from everybody is, it was okay. For not just that movie, but for, like, every movie that's come out this year, it's just, it was okay. Nothing yeah. besides Doctor Sleep. Doctor Sleep, people have said that movie was amazing, and I, I want to check it out. I'm excited yeah. to check it out. But every other horror movie that's come out, um, I really liked Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, yeah, I I forgot you were supposed to see it, like, one of the days we were supposed to record, and you didn't end up going for some reason. Yeah. But, um... I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fun. Um, But there really was nothing that I watched this year that I'm like... I mean, same... We saw Three from Hell, and that was fun. I hated it. You hated it? I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun, but I I wouldn't say that it was great by any means. No, I think that House of Thousand Corpses is still the best of that series. Yeah. Um, Do you guys want to do, like, a top, like, favorites of the Like, how many? Give me how many I can choose. Um. I'm going to try and choose, like, different types of movies, too. Like, three? Three favorite movies from the decade? I got four right now. I'm trying to... We'll we'll do five. We'll do five. Five. Five each. Are we going to, like, take turns going around, or are we all just going to give our five, like, bam? Um, we'll just give our five, and we can talk a little bit right. about um, what we liked about them. Okay. Without spoilers, because some so people So I'm going to look at this, and then pick my favorite of the ones that I, like, looked at, and then, like, I'll add on if I need more than that. Okay. okay. So, um, I put Mandy, and that's staying up there. I don't care if it's actually not that great. It's awesome. <laughs> um, Raw. Um... Your next will always be one of my favorite, favorite, favorite. Cabin in the Woods, which I used to hate, but now I like. And um, I'm just going to do one that may not actually be one of my favorites, but it's a movie I forgot came out, and I haven't seen it since it came out, so it might not hold up like I think, but The Crazies. Oh, I haven't seen the uh, one. Um, I guess I'll give mine... Um, you're next. I loved your next. I'm I'm with Sierra. It's probably it's one of my top favorites of all time. Yeah, I it was it. such a fun movie, and home invasion movies are probably they're one of my favorite subgenres, and it was just such a fun take on a home invasion movie. Yeah, and it was like a fun twist. And um, I wouldn't put this on my top, but another one I really enjoyed too that was a really different take on. I wouldn't even. I don't even know if I'd say Home Invasion, but um, better watch out. I think I saw that. Oh, it's so it's so good. I definitely recommend it. I think it's on Shutter. Um, it's a Christmas horror movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I I love your next. Um, and I I also will put a little sub thing in here too. That whole group of filmmakers, I've they're probably my favorites of this last decade. Yeah, Ty West. Um. 
who did like the Sacrament and the House of the Devil. Sacrament is so good. Is that the 2010s? I think it's 2012. Okay, so the Sacrament's on my list too. Um, <laughs> but like Adam Wingard, um, I love him. Joe Swanberg, they're they're all just Joe Swanberg is the douchebag Chris- brother. In, oh, which one's Crispin? Um, AJ Bone. I love him. Uh, but the, that whole group, I love them. Like I loved everything. That I they love put that they interchanged jobs and, uh, in each other's movies. Yeah, and like like they weren't necessarily good, but like the VHS movies, like they all threw the first, at least the first one together. Yeah, the and first one was cool, man. I liked yeah, it. The it second, the second one, I liked a lot more. Um, the third but... one, let's not talk about that. <laughs> I don't. I didn't even watch that. I didn't hey, watch don't even movie. bother. Good me. for you, buddy. Um, I'm gonna say you're next. Um. I'm gonna go. This might not be like a definite. This is just what's standing out looking at uh, this list. But I loved As Above, So Below. Um, I was actually really surprised because I'm not big on a lot of found footage movies, but I I fucking love that. I movie. think that movie was clever. Though. It was. It was really good. Um, Summer of '84. Yeah, it I was my favorite. I don't think that's a horror movie, but I'll let you have it. It was my favorite of 2018, and I really really enjoyed it. Um. I never watched that either. It, it's it's enjoyable. I think that's also on Shutter. Yeah, I could be it wrong. Is. Yeah, it, that was fun. Um, it's like if The Goonies was a horror movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a good way to put it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm not even gonna stick to like a, a top five. I'll I'll just say what I said. Like, um, all those movies, like the VHS movies, um the sacrament and like all the stuff that that group of filmmakers put together even the new blair witch which adam wingard made a lot of people hated on it but i thought it was really well done oh cool. uh, i like that i just saw it up here too what is it oh i like the green inferno there's a movie i forgot about oh yeah yeah, that's yeah. yeah. i forgot about it <laughs> what do you that's got, what Colin? 10 years does to a person <laughs> okay so uh shocker here my number one i think of the decade is your next Mm-hmm. Woo! Um, hell yeah, dude! That it was, it was uh, fucking. All, it was nearly perfect. It may be perfect. It was such yeah, an interesting. It was just so fucking cool. Like I don't know. It was just really cool. And fun like, as fuck. Yeah. Even like I, there was still a couple things I even questioned that I like. Normally I would nitpick and be like, all right, well because of this, I didn't give a fuck. That movie was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, Hereditary. And Oculus. Oculus was good. Mm-hmm. The Witch. And that was, I think, Oculus was the first one that um, Mike Flanagan did, right? Second. Second. He, he did um, Absentia, and that was his, he crowdfunded that movie, made it okay. 70 grand, which, back to crowdfunding, uh, to speaking of, how in the fuck, without being, with being completely unknown, how the fuck do you get 70 grand to crowdfund? Yeah. <laughs> like, Is I, he cute? <laughs> <laughs> Fairly average-looking guy. Um, oh well, I mean, I guess it wasn't that. He made Hush, which was really—it was good too. I liked Hush. Hush was awesome. He did Gerald's Game. Yep. Gerald's oh. Game was weird. It was weird, but it was—it was creepy. Yeah, I liked it. Um, so yeah, okay. Your next Hereditary, Oculus, The Witch, and I've got. So I got my number five is The Taking of Deborah Logan. Oh, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was really good. good. That's one that that's one of the more recent ones that I could say fairly creeped me out. Now, I will sling in here real fast my honorable mentions that I alternated as we were talking um, out of my number four and five spot before I narrowed it down. I've got Mandy, The Conjuring, The Perfection, and Creep. 
I haven't watched Creep, but I've heard good things about Creep. What? Oh, holy shit, dude! <laughs> watch it. It's so cool. Yeah, I've I've heard good things about it, and I heard that the second one was just as good as the first one. So it pretty much is. Yeah, like there was no. I mean, it's basically the same fucking thing, you know, but a little bit little newer take on it. But it's cool. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wait, there's a couple movies that I have to mention from this decade. Um, The Invitation. I love that movie. Ten Cloverfield Lane. I fucking love John Goodman. Don't shit on it. Oh, that's cool. I like John Goodman in that. It was so good. I love that movie. I'm sorry. I'm like finding this, and like they like sectioned it off by like different types of movies that came out. Uh, I, do you know what movie surprised me was um, Clown. Oh yeah, right, dude. That was. I, I was expecting it to be like some cheesy, stupid movie, and it was actually like pretty creepy. Yeah. It was weird though. Oh yeah, definitely. Um. Oh, Hatchet, the Hatchet yeah, movies. Yeah, I, I, I was just about to say uh, the first Hatchet movie I think came out in like 2009. It did. But the other ones came out this decade, and those have been some of my favorite movies that have come out. Absolutely, the Hatchet movies are so fun. I haven't seen any of them except part what? of the first one, and I just like. Yeah, I don't know. I, I it's like it. I guess it's like Did, you, you know how watch... you know how you said you like the newer slasher movies are just really cheesy and shitty. Yeah, it's uh, like making fun of that. It's not even making fun of that. It's like it is legit a love letter to old slasher movies. Like you would absolutely love it if you watched the like all. Th- you have to watch yeah, all three of them. And like yeah. they, they purposely like kind of go above and beyond with shit and like like they like every actor that you could think of that's been in like a really famous. 80 slasher is yeah, at some point in that movie <laughs> whether it's the first one or the last one but they're just like and i hate like if you've I ever actually, talked to me yeah. i fucking hate 80 slashers i am i do not like the cheese fest i'm not that's not me but i love those movies they're so fun well sweet yeah i'll totally watch them um another big series i guess that came out um this decade was sinister Sinister. Oh yeah, I forgot about Sinister. Exactly. Um, the first one I think was good, right? First one was good. I didn't like the second one. Okay. Um, it's been so long. I, I'm not a huge fan of this, but I, I'm gonna bring it up. I'm just gonna bring up a bunch of these that are were popular, but the Purge movies. I don't um, like Purge movies at all. Um, a movie that got a ton of buzz that I did not like, but almost every horror other horror fan that I have followed in social media loved The Void. Yeah, I that got it. a lot of buzz when that came out. I like the void up until the end. Um, I don't know if I saw that. I'm really surprised because like everybody was like really obsessing and Dylan made me watch it, and it just felt like what they did is they took like six really good ideas and they shoved it into one movie, and it was just like, yeah, is this like tentacle weird body horror or is this cult weird sci-fi horror? Yeah, it was very confusing. I just found it by the way. It's called Jackals. Jackals. <laughs> Sorry. I still been, it's been driving me fucking crazy. No, no, you're I'm fine. I'm really glad you found it, though. Is The Void streaming on something? I think it's on Netflix. It okay. was on Netflix. It I came it out on be. Netflix. I can't promise that it's still there. You know how Netflix likes to roll. Yeah. It's, um... I, I loved it up until the ending. Ooh. And if you watch it, you'll understand exactly what I mean. I'm gonna look up the worst horror movies of the decade. Ooh, that's, <laughs> that's a good, good idea. I can name some. Um... My Soul to Take. Yes. One of Wes Craven's last movies. Made absolutely no sense. I agree. The Nightmare on Elm Street. Human Centipede 3. Leprechaun Origins. (laughs) 
uh, scary movie fact. They don't count. Amityville, the, the Amityville haunting. One thing I'll say too about the decade is they made Chucky scary again. Oh yeah, I liked. Um, um, I loved Curse of Chucky. Cult of Chucky was okay. Is that the Asylum one? Yeah. I liked that one. I thought that was really well done. I mean, was... I just didn't like the multiple Chucky's thing. Yeah, I mean it's crock of shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but um, Curse of Chucky, where they're in the old house and everything, it was so nice. And yeah. I've been wanting, to, I've been wanting to cover that movie just because like. We've talked about how cheesy the movies has got, like especially Seed and Curse of Chucky was just it felt so good to go back to When was the movie with oh, what year did that Leslie Vernon movie come out? Ten or eleven? That movie. That's a fucking movie to talk about. That was so fun. Behind the mask I liked is really that good. Movie. You guys thought it was, it was good, right? It was yeah, such I, a I blast. Loved it. It was, so fun. Yeah. And that's one of those, like, weird meta... Oh, shit, that came out in 2006. Was oh, it? Wow. Is it that old? <laughs> Dude, that movie... Mm, we'll pretend like it was in this decade. It's good. <laughs> yeah, man, we, uh, that was another one. Um, of course, when we started doing, like, some comedy stuff, we did the, like, mockumentary stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just didn't really enjoy doing it. Like, I mean, I did. I had fun, but it wasn't, like... I never could get anything the way I wanted. It was always rushed, and I was bullshit. So, um... I was like, well, shit, uh, fucking horror documentary, a mockumentary. And I was like, well, no, because you, you can't beat that. Like, they fucking... Yeah. <laughs> no, they did so good with it. It was it was that solid fucking movie. Uh, I think another thing that was really... That really came back... Maybe not even this. It might have been prior to this, but I feel like um, anthology movies became... Oh, I, I think it was this decade. And yeah. I, I was going to bring it up, especially with, um, like, indie indie directors and stuff because we had like southbound vhs like vhs was like a bunch of different directors all made different things and just like put them to you know what i mean it's like that's like a really cool idea to to go about doing that and xx was the same thing there was a bunch of different female directors that threw their different ideas into a movie one of the worst movies i've ever watched in my life and i didn't even finish it i think i got halfway through it was abc's of death oh yeah i remember that oh my god (laughs) so bad I think I watched it at a New Year's Eve party one year. Uh, I got halfway through <laughs> what it. What a New Year's Eve. I, Sierra was in New York, I think, for her baby shower. And I was down here by myself. And I was like, all right, I'm going to find something to watch. And I decided to put that on. And I got halfway through it. And I was like, I can't even finish this. This is <laughs> just so bad. <laughs> um, I had an idea that I still want to do if... I can, if, like, if I ever um, have time and, like, funding for it, but it would be an anthology where you get, say, well, I guess technically it wouldn't be an anthology, but either way, you get, like, four directors to make, um, independent of one another, the same script. And That so, would be really cool. That would be fun to see how people change. Yeah, and you do it with, like, a short, because I'm sure it would get fucking boring watching the same movie before yeah. But if they're 20 minutes or 15 minutes, like, it'd be cool. Yeah, that's something I'd actually really like to see. That would be cool. We, um, the conventions that we go to, uh, we met these people. I don't remember what the company is that they have or what the name of the movie was that they have, but they made this anthology, and there was, like, 10 of them, I think. And they had this, like, 
sphere, like, ball, random Wages thing. Wages of Sin? Yeah, Wages of Sin. Okay, there we go. so I love them, and they always remember yeah, me every they, day. Uh, <laughs> they had this thing, and it was like a... It was like a ball or something, but they they basically made an anthology where each of them had to make their own short. That based on based, that. It was based on that item. item. Yeah. Oh, cool. So they so they used it differently. Like, they had no other, there was no background in it, nothing like that. Like, they had to come up with the background story for the item and, like, where it came from and, like, what it does and how it gets used is totally different in every story, but that item is in every single one of them. Dude, that's really cool. Yeah, there are a bunch of really cool guys. Very, very nice dudes. And like I said, it's fun when I, like, we go to the same convention every year in Charlotte, North Carolina. And we're going this year, which we weren't supposed to, but we're going to be there. Um, Mad Monster Party and the Wages of Sin are always there. And they always remember me as a girl who kept dropping my phone in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> That's sweet. But with that story, I have to wake up at 4 a.m. for work, so... <laughs> yeah, I guess I gotta do some shit, too. Alright, so, um, let's wrap up the episode. Um, thank you guys for listening. I don't know the state of the podcast right now. We're still working some stuff out. But we will be back, and we will be back for real, not like the last two times where we said, yeah, we're back, and then stopped putting episodes yeah. out. Yeah, we'll um, have the curse <laughs> of Chunky Larry. If we don't come back, he'll kill us. <laughs> Yeah, so um, we're planning everything out, so hopefully uh, within the next few weeks we'll start putting episodes out, probably bi-weekly. Um, we won't be on the same weekly schedule, but you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Horror Haven Podcast, on Twitter at Horror underscore Haven, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, yeah. You can also comment and rate us on iTunes if we're ever up on that ever again. We're on there now. It just doesn't have all our old episodes right now. Good. <laughs> Alright, so, have a good night. Have a great night. Say good night, Cullen. Good night, Cullen. Good night. Oh, oh good night. <laughs> good night. Good night. <laughs> Good night. Good night. <laughs>